Welcome to The Black Athlete, a podcast where we put the past into the present of black sports. I'm Lewis Moore. I'm Derek White. We're sports historians here to give you the historical context for contemporary black athletes. And welcome back to The Black Athlete. I'm Lewis Moore, author of I Fight for a Living and We Will Win the Day. And you can check out my audible African-American Athletes Who Made History, which is on Amazon. I'm Derek White, author of The Challenge of Blackness, as well as Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Jay Gaither, Florida A&M of the History of Black College Football. Welcome back, Lewis Moore. Uh, it's good to be back. It's been about a month. Just sh- uh, Sorry, listeners. It's been, <laughs> it's been a hard time, but we are back. Is that because you were celebrating the Super Bowl championship uh, as a Californian, you know, L.A.? Or, the, or were you just celebrating the halftime show? I everything I do. I don't even know where we, it's just, you know, life hits. It's Black History Month. So we took we took it off. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, no, it was. Have we been back since the Super Bowl? No, I don't know. It's been that Honestly. long. I don't, yeah, I don't know. know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't around. You know, I was like I was it's been a month. But you know me, I'm a I'm a I'm a black quarterback or bus type of guy. And so like, I was just like, yeah, I just didn't want Joe Burrow to win it. He was too, he was let too cocky. You know, I didn't want that. You know I mean? He's allowed to get away with some things that other people aren't. So he had to get dusted up a little bit. Um, and that was good for Stafford. I know it's a month later that we're talking about it, but it I know it was like, now we are like it feels in March weird. Madness. It feels weird. March, yeah. We're in March I, Madness. I, March and Madness. I haven't watched any college basketball, but these next two weeks, I am an expert. You're an so, expert, so when they call you, you'd be like, uh, yes, yeah. what is your thoughts about uh, the Sweet 16? Lou's gonna have a you gotta have I a hot got, take. I don't even know who's playing, but I saw the game last night and I was like, this guy, uh, I think it was Dale Davis's boy. I found out, I'm like, he looks good, and everyone's like, yeah, he's not pro material, but I'm like, he looks good, <laughs> like he could play, <laughs> but you know, so I got nothing, I got, I got nothing, but I, you know, I'm interested, uh, you know, I like watching. I don't really know if it's an upset because I haven't watched these teams all year. The numbers tell me that. But, you know, I just want to see who's the next pro, right? Because my thing about college is it's not as good because all the good players are in pro or those young guys are doing the G League now. So it's just Duke has a guy that I like. I like Chet at Gonzaga. So uh, we'll see. I'm a, I'm a root for the home team since they signed my checks here. Uh, the University of Kentucky has both Ryan Howard on the women's side who is uh, – Led the cats, the lady cats, to an AC, SEC championship over. Ooh, you guys beat South Carolina. I know. It's number one That's ranked South time. Carolina with a last second shot. Uh, and uh, Oscar Sheway is uh, the odds on favorite for National Player of the Year. Uh, the big man who transferred in from West Virginia, who is uh, averaging, these are like 70s numbers, Lou. He's averaging like 15 rebounds. He's averaging like 18 and 15. It's crazy. How big is he? He's like, and he's only like six nine. Like he's, oh, like, wow. it's, like a, okay. it's like a throwback. Like it's that's a throwback. awesome. So he's going pro or no, no pro prospect. Uh, we just signed a new piece of legislation in the great state of Kentucky that it will allow Oscar Sheboy and others to sign NIL deals. Uh, and so this brother showed up in a new Porsche the other day. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> so I don't know. He's, you know, he's got a he's got an interesting college problem where he's not quite tall enough uh, to be a pro. Uh, he don't have that kind of length, um, and he may struggle. He struggles a little bit with length, and so. But if he can make a million dollars to stay in school in NIL money, I think he may stay. So it's actually going to be right. interesting. I'm actually interested in seeing what happens at the at the end of the season. Well, it sounds like someone like him will take a pay cut to go to a pro because you're not. 
Right. And that that minimum that you make as a rookie is not as good. And you might as well be a kid. You know what I mean? It's like you only get a practice. You only have to practice 20 hours a week. Right. Or if that <laughs> there's constraints on your time, you just get to be a kid. Right. Oh, yeah. I, he's doing people can't see he's doing air quotes. But yeah. Is, yeah. No, because podcast is a visual medium. So I do the air quotes for the right. for the, right. the 20 hours because no one practices. it. The, the band don't practice 20 hours. The chess team don't practice 20 <laughs> hours. The rifle team doesn't practice 20 hours. So, you know, basketball is definitely not. Uh, they are making 20 hours, just uh, uh, allegedly. Right. So I don't know. But that's it. That's it. Other than that, I'm just trying to uh, survive this semester. Um, well, we got like six more weeks left. But it's just like when you look at it, there's still like probably 60%, 70% of their grade left. Right. So it's all pretty back heavy. <laughs> Uh, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I finished up an audible again. I finished writing it. I just got to edit and film it. So I'll be done with June. I'll be start working that black quarterback stuff, regardless of another book coming out. Cause that's just how hard headed I am. Uh, when you believe in something, you just follow your dreams. So I'm good. I'm really excited about that. Okay, got a Kevin, nice, thanks, uh, hmm? thanks Kevin Garnett. You like that? Yeah. Anything, <laughs> anything's possible. <laughs> I got a nice patio heater for, for my rating. Uh, I might buy an extra monitor so I could take it upstairs. So I have to keep one in the basement. Go buy a lot of beer and just, just go at it this, this spring and summer. So, and fall, cause I got a sabbatical. So look at you. Oh. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to backtrack and, and go back and use a, cause you gave me a, a opening segue, but we weren't ready yet. Uh, cause we've been rusty uh, when you hated on Cincinnati and we got a, a new guest. Oh, oh, we don't have money for any of that. We need a producer, <laughs> DJ Drama. Yes, and and let's just say we've been wanting this guest for like two months, and it's not to say that she big timed us, it's that we just don't have our stuff together. Uh, so let's just let me welcome Dr. Letitia Ingracio Cardoso Brown. Did I say it correctly? You were so close. Oh, fudge. All right, I'm sorry, I apologize, I'm really bad. <laughs> It's high okay. anxiety when it comes to this yeah, yeah. at you least see. you asked yeah i'm sorry but go ahead Derek. No. you brought up cincinnati for a reason yes no no so we uh we, we were finding out because uh me and lou have been uh apparently working hard which doesn't even sound right to say out loud <laughs> um and we missed this unbelievable news uh dr brown is currently an assistant professor at uh the virginia polytechnical institute uh and better known as virginia tech but now she is moving to the Midwest, to the University of Cincinnati, home of those Ooh. Bearcats. Yes. yes. Nick Van uh, Excellent. Next Vic, Nick Van Excellent. <laughs> hey. Blunt. Ooh, that's a uh, Kenyon Martin. Look at that. That's a Ooh, deep cut. I right? can't, can I, wow. I can't go another one. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's, all all that's, that's all we got. That's all we got. James got the, Flight White. Who might be related to Derek White? I don't know. Uh, no, Darnell Burton. <laughs> who Darnell Burton? Who dunked on me in middle school and said, well, yeah. Yeah. "Yeah, yeah, yeah." No, he did. That's me. This real. That's it. That's why I went to. Dude, I stuck. No. I stuck. I stuck with soccer. That's what. That was my cue. That's it. Sometimes right, you run right. out of talent. So, uh, so real quick though, real quick. So, congratulations on moving from VTAC to to Cincinnati. Thank um, you. Sociology department. Do you know what you'll be teaching? Do you what, what yeah. do you teach the same stuff or what? Um, similar stuff in the fall or yeah, in the fall I'm teaching a grad course on inequality. In the spring, though, I get to develop a course on the sociology of W. E. B. Du Bois that I'm really excited about. Oh wow! Okay. Awesome. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, you like that W.E.B. Du Bois collection that they put out for Ralph Lauren and Morehouse, or like? <laughs> I have thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. Okay, all right. I want to hear these thoughts. That's good. I mean, we got I don't time. Know. We got time. Like, what do you got time? I still gotta. I have to look at it again because I felt some type of way at first, and I was like, I don't know what's happening here, but I do. I get it. Where'd you go to undergrad? Uh, started at the University of Pittsburgh, finished at the University of Northern Colorado. So, uh, oh, okay, yeah, no, I so I didn't go to Morehouse either, but I nope. did. I did write a book on a black colleges, and yes. I, and actually, oh, I wow. wrote two. I wrote two books wow. on black colleges. Wow, he's just uh, wow. I mean, that's wow. it. And I thought the aesthetic was uh, people had a lot of jokes, mm-hmm. and, and and I told uh, uh, Lou and our friend Carl, I was like, I could tell that people had not spent a lot of time. Uh, at Morehouse <laughs> or Spelman. That's what that right. was. Uh, there was a sister who had a job at Spelman a few years ago. And I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on her name, but she had come from Iowa. And I was like, uh, how was it different? And she was like, uh, they dress up for the faculty meetings. Yep. <laughs> she said, <laughs> she was like, I had to buy a new wardrobe to nope. teach. Like, and I was like, so... <laughs> So like I was like that fit the that's what they do that's mm-hmm. that's who they are right like I think that's part of uh that's that's part of what's really happening um, yeah and, and so it looked apart but it did feel very uh, mid century right <laughs> did, did you say Jim Crowish okay <laughs> I didn't say I didn't say Jim Crowish just mid century the Julian Bond collection yeah. <laughs> Daddy King. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Benjamin E. Mays collection, brother. You're right. Oh, no. Martin, you need to put that tie on. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We're, we're digressing. Okay, all right. All right, all right, all right. But the other news, Derek, Derek brought up, brought up. he has, he, you know, just dropped it on us that he has two right. books. But I mean, here, yes. the other breaking news is you, you actually have a book contract with Rutgers. Can you tell our listeners, before we get into all this stuff on Black Women in Sport that's been happening over the last month or so, can you get into your your uh, upcoming books or forthcoming? Yeah, I am. I'm really excited about this project. It's something that I feel really, really good about. I have a great team working with Rutgers. Um, so the book is called Say Her Name, Centering Black Feminism and Black Women in Sports. And so, you know, I'm wrestling with a lot of the same things that I do in my public sociology work, right? So issues of the invisibility of Black women as athletes, Black women as sports scholars, and wrestling with ideas around what it means to be a woman, the differences in the politics of punishment, you know, the politics of Black hair, fashion, activism. Like this book has a lot. I'm really excited for this book. That's that's dope, and that's a that's an awesome title too. I hope, Thank you. I, I, yeah, yeah. I hope Beyonce. <laughs> is that a Beyonce? I don't know my music. I hope they don't come after you. But that is that's an awesome that's an awesome title, and it sounds great. Do you have so you have chapters sketched out? Like because you were saying yeah. that you're you're turning in stuff, right? Like I am. I like have. give. Can we get a? Can we get a, like a, a snippet? <laughs> can we get like a trailer? Like this it's, is, okay. it's the teaser. This is the teaser. Let's right get here. something. Yeah, give us give oh, us something. Name. Give me an example, and and then we'll get into some Serena and Venus and stuff. But let me yeah. get. Because now <laughs> so I'm I have excited. A chapter called "Hands Off Our Locks: The Politics of Black Hair in Sports," 
And that's one of my favorite chapters so far that I've been working through, kind of thinking about, you know, how we have to re-examine the Don Imus Rucker's comments in order to understand the continuation of discrimination against Black hair in sports. So I'm thinking through like the 2020 Olympic Games and the Soul Cap controversy, you know, mm. the Crown Act being a big thing in the U.S., thinking just about how Black women's hair is just allowed to be violated in these spaces and appropriated by others. But when we wear it, it's wrong and inappropriate. And so I have like a lot of personal vignettes kind of in these chapters. And so my vignette for this chapter is about me going to airports and constantly having my hair frisked. Mm. And one of the things Mm. that like people who know me and who see me, like I wear these, um, cat ears, particularly when I'm traveling, because I've noticed that when I wear them, my hair doesn't get touched. Like it beeps in the same way as if I wasn't wearing the cat ears. But now the assumption is, oh, it's just like, you know, her hair piece. So we don't have to touch her hair, which is great because otherwise, like they'll be all up in it and it's just really inappropriate. Can I just say that me and Lou know nothing about people frisking our hair because yeah. we are follically challenged. I mean, this is <laughs> wow. this is not I just mean, a this is not just a black woman. This is a particularly black woman issue. But yeah. our, we we have nothing to contribute at all. <laughs> um, you know. It's a curly haired folk, like kinky, coily folk issue. I remember when my hair used to do that. It was it was <laughs> it was a long time ago. I can't imagine it. Yes. I'm a, trying and I don't I don't understand. There's a picture around here in my mom's house of the high top fade. So I love can, it. But it is it was very nineties. Oh, I I can't wait. I'm going to Kentucky just to see that picture and just to take a picture of that picture. And it's going and I guarantee you got one hand, one fist in your hand and you're sitting yes. there. Yes. Like that, like you hard. Like like you just listened to some Snoop and Dre, and now you right. just changed. Yeah, call me because I'll be down the road in Cincinnati. I want to see this picture. I'd be. Yeah. I'm at the. I have to. I have to go locate that. Uh, <laughs> bird, bird after reading. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's, awesome. that's, a, that's, that's an awesome, awesome chapter. Yeah, Thank and you. That, I, that that sounds fantastic. It's glad to hear that you got a good team too, right? And that's, yeah, that's something that you never really think about. And so, listeners, when you when you get that book contract to make sure you have the right people in place at, at the publisher right we just yeah we're just so quick to sign like yeah and then you forget who you're working with and, and who has your back and who like believes in it too right and, and if they're if their editors you know, any good right they have the yeah. same vision that you have and so that's and that's really important i'm glad you're been so you're supportive satisfied. like they love the name of the book and they've just been like they read my stuff, they care about the project. Like I'm I'm excited to be working with this team out of Rutgers, but it's a lot of the people from the North American Society for the Sociology of Sport, so I trust them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a good yeah, that's a good cohort. Is that NAS? Grad school. Yes. It's like the NAS. NAS versus Nash. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I do Nash. Yes. And then other people do NAS. And then yes. some people do both, right? That's true. Um, so you, by the way, you can always do both. Uh, NASH this year is in Chicago. So nice. I think it's too late to 
submit, but you always yeah. just show up and you know, you got that Cincinnati <laughs> money. You can do anything now. Not yet. Not until they got, the I know they got money. They made the final four in football, so they got money. I'm still they got, at tech. And I mean, got, I do have money here. And I know tech got money because <laughs> they you need, to blow, the you need to blow money fast. Blow I really fast. do. I, I really, really do. <laughs> blow awesome. money fast. That's great. That's great. So, um, but, you, know, you want ahead, to transition? Like, no, as yeah, I said, like, anyway, like, so speaking about everything, I know I brought up Venus and Serena. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. You're like, you're the fastest rider I've ever met because, <laughs> like, like we talk about, so, so you have this piece and and on first and pin is and and you have a few pieces within the last two months one on black women gymnastics at at UCLA and and the latest one on just black women in sports but particularly the Venus and Serena issue where i i can't say her name but she's the um director of that the power Netflix of the movie, dog the power of the dog which i still haven't seen um but it's the it's the video where she says like i marvel at you guys but you didn't have to compete against men. And and you you were one of the first people who had something. Everyone just tweeted, you got a thousand words out. <laughs> and I think that out of everything that I read on Twitter and then I read your paper, you made it. You had the best, I don't want to say take, like that's all we do, right? It's real mm-hmm. scholarship. But the point about her as a white lady still not thinking about what they had to go through as as black women like that to me that's when it all just sunk in right because you yeah. say oh she was just kidding but mm-hmm. at that point when i read that i said oh my gosh that's that's what happened like she doesn't yeah. care about any of the hurdles they had to go through uh mm-hmm. for as black women I know that was kind of open-ended, but yeah, go ahead. Go off on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I just, I remember sitting there watching the video and I had to watch it multiple times because I was like, she did not. Unprovoked for (laughs) absolutely no reason, drag these two amazing Black women into her speech to prop herself up. And then I sat with it and I was like, well, of course she did, because this is what we call, you know white women's allyship and solidarity in air quotes. Like, Mm -hmm. I recognize your oppression, but I'm more oppressed as a white woman. Like, come on, no. I refuse to believe that at your big age, you don't recognize that you're competing against men, in quotes, I say also, is not akin to the ways in which Serena and Venus were subjected to racism and sexism and classism on the court. Like, it's just not the same thing in any way, shape, or form. That stuff's not funny. It's like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous. And so I had to, you know, kind of take it to task in that, in that piece that I wrote in a way that like, I do differently, and I guess perhaps more delicately in the book. Mm -hmm. And thinking about like, misogynoir and sport and like, these particular ways that Black women are, you know, just exploitable props within, you know, the world. And I just cannot sit by and like, let that slide because we so often do like, she hugged Venus afterwards and like gave an apology, like in the next 24 hours, like that was actually something like, Mm -hmm. you're not sorry because you see these things happening around you. And yet you reified the thing when you did it on stage. So you can't be sorry because you went into it knowing what you were doing. So I don't buy your apology. Like you can, you can keep that. 
Like, what's that going to do for me? Right. As a black woman who had to sit there and listen to that, like, mm. and I think about, you know, the silence and the, just like the horrendous nature of the ways in which, you know, Brittany Griner's story first took so long to become public and still remains so quiet. Like it's whispered and hushed. And it's like, would we be having a conversation like this if it were like, you know, Tom Brady or Kevin Durant that were being held as political prisoners in Russia? Mm-hmm. Like probably not because you'd be talking to all of your like big time basketball people who know these things and you'd have like six, seven episodes by now. Mm-hmm. But when we have a black queer woman that's being held as a political prisoner, we don't got shit to say about it. Like it's just, it's real, it's real crazy. And then thinking about, you know, Venus and Serena uh, within the context of what happened with Naomi Osaka and people saying things like, well, she should suck it up because Venus and Serena went through more. And it's like, the purpose shouldn't be that because black women suffer, the women who come after us have to suffer too. And I feel like that, you know, is especially something that I think about as a Black woman in academia, like this space that wasn't created for me, and that I know that the Black women who were ahead of me went through, like, particular traumas, but that shouldn't mean that the expectation is for me to have to live through those two in order to be counted as you know? Right. Yeah. Like the purpose should be for the landing to get softer and softer after each generation. Like that should be what we're wanting to do. Right. Like I don't want my sisters to struggle. Like I struggled. Like that doesn't make any sense. Why would I want that? (laughs) So it's just, so I saw all of these like webs when I just heard that like minute long clip and all of these threads were just like, yeah, this is why I'm writing my book. Like people, reached out and asked me to like give my opinion or my advice. And I'm like, well, did you read the piece that I wrote? And they'd be like, no. And it's like, well, don't, don't ask me a question when I literally put it out there for you. Like (laughs) what makes you think that I owe you my time? Like, I don't like, I took the time to write this piece. If you want to engage me on that, like we're doing Mm. here, I would love that. But don't be like, oh, I know that you're a person who thinks about these things and I'm not going to read what you've done, but will you just like share this space with me? Like what? No, (laughs) I will not. Because if you had read my piece, you would know not to ask me that kind of a question. Mm, mm. You would know better. (laughs) I want to mention just something that that's that's not exactly in your piece, but you said this earlier about how. Uh, when we think about Venus Serena, you're talking about, you know, sexism, racism, yes. and also classism, right? And I think mm-hmm. one of the things that gets lost in this discussion that I hadn't seen, um, but until I started thinking about your piece, um, was that the director, uh, Dame uh, Jane Ch- Jane Campion, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like, she's, she's pretty well off in terms of, we think about class, right? You know, and then right. look, look. Uh, I'm gonna do like my students, and I'm gonna, I just googled her Wikipedia page here. <laughs> but I, but I do think that it's interesting that like in they describe her mom as an actress, writer, and heiress. Like heiress right. is one of heiress. the like like she's an heiress as a descriptor, <laughs> right? Like that, that's not a descriptor of anybody else, right? Like, and then her father was a theater and opera director and teacher, right? So she's mm-hmm. born in this industry. Right. And she yeah. comes from a particular kind of class background. That's just what we, you know, 
Like, yeah, I'm not saying that she didn't face anything, but no. like that is not that is that is light years, right? Right. This is like you know, this is this is the comparison to say someone like Chris Everett, who is always is, mm-hmm. is very similar to right, who grows up in the country club, who had it very difficult in terms of the professionalization of women tennis and other things uh, in her generation. Right. She's always kind of got this shade for Venus and Serena. Right. Because it's a fully to not acknowledge that somehow they had superseded you and they didn't even get none of those handouts by, you know, being a member of the country club. Right. And I think there's a certain kind of thing there. Um, And I think your point that you said earlier, and I want to highlight for our listeners, is that it was unprovoked. Right. There was absolutely no reason for her to bring their names into it. Like she could have given her speech. Yes. And not taking a shot at black women. It was unnecessary. She should have just been uh, thankful to all right. her team. Da, 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 right. da. Like none of that was necessary. And I it thought wasn't that, necessary. When I watched the clip, that's the part that struck me too. I was like. Like what? I, because I, you I, saw them in the audience? Like what are you doing? Or you were up against King Richard as if they they didn't direct King Richard. Like they didn't direct. The, right. like, like that's their story. They're the executive producers, but they didn't direct the movie. Like. It was wild. It was a mess. The best. <laughs> like, what is happening? It was the best. Um, and, and as Lou said, uh, your ability to get this out before, like, you could see into the future because this was this piece came out literally thirty two seconds after the clip. I saw it on Twitter. And Lou was like, "Did you? Did you see? Did you see Letitia's piece?" I was like, "Dude, what? I, I hadn't even seen the clip, but three times, like, it just came across my timeline. She got a piece out." So, uh, uh, no, but it, it's, but I think what you've done by talking about the book. And is really, and this is, we've all been there, right? Like sometimes something happens in the contemporary space that just really mm-hmm. like, um, you know, dovetails with the work that you're already doing. And so you're already seeing these connections in real yeah. in real time and other people have, are, have to think about them, but you have been doing, you have already been doing the thinking and I think it's in your wheelhouse. And so, I, I mean, it's, it is a fantastic and we're, we're really excited Thank you. to do that. And, Go ahead. And unfortunately, I would say, unfortunately, you have a lot of things to write, right? Because it yeah. happens all, all it happens time. all the time, right? Like in, so these last, what, I'm so lost, but these yeah. last two months, it's like been like, boom, boom. Anytime black women are in, black women athletes are in the limelight, yeah. it seems like it's one of these days. It, it always seems negative. Even even Serena and Venus the week before, right? New York Times um, <laughs> switching their pictures, right? These are right. the two, like, like I, these are like the two most, I know you, you listeners, you can't see Dr. Yeah. Brown right now. <laughs> I'm getting pressured. But these are, you should know what they look like. It's not right. like that horrible, you know. right? It's and, not. And, and I love that she put out there, it's like, look, I've done all this and I'm creating these spaces and yet still, right? Like you are the most, reckon- you have the most, I would say it's fair to say in the context of U.S. sports, men, women, she has top two, three most ne- recognizable name. Just Serena, Definitely. right? It's up there. It's Serena, LeBron. Like it's, you're a one namer, right? Yeah. And, yes. Yeah. And you are messing me up uh, on top of my success for, you've seen me in the public eye for what, 20? 20, 20 years? They've been, they've been playing tennis since the early 90s, but public yeah. eye <laughs> more than 20 straight years. And you're you're screwing this up. Uh, what like that? And then obviously the Britney Griner thing. Um, yes. I want to backtrack to that because you 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 raised a point here and and in the piece that this wouldn't be happening, and other people do to to other players. And it made me think like that's 
you know, one of the things on the one hand, it's it's an international incident, right? And, right. and I get that they want to keep it quiet because it mm-hmm. did get loud for a while. And then all of a sudden you got to worry because, you know, this bargaining chip. But at the same time, if that was, let's say, KD or Tom Brady, as you should suggest, the owners in the NBA would move heaven and earth to make sure, or the NFL would move heaven and earth to make sure right. those guys get back. Right. Yeah. They would use their clout. Like we just look at these owners as, and this is, they're they just rich guys that own the team. No, they're rich guys with political power because they're rich. Mm-hmm. They're, as we learn from this war in Ukraine, they're, they're oligarchs. Let's be clear. We yeah, just don't call them oligarchs. Yeah. But that's what we call it is. them billionaires. Yeah. And yeah. they would use their power, right? They would talk to the local senators or whatever. And this would but happen immediately. But also it's, at the it's same time, grinder. yeah, it wouldn't happen because they don't have to supplement their income by playing right. outside of the U.S. Well, that's the like, other issue. They yeah. can, but it's not like you know, it's not like a thing that you do in order. I don't to even think they can. Close to half. Yeah. I don't even think they can. You're right. Their their contracts are priced so airtight. Price, yeah, they're so not allowed, they're not allowed like, to do that. Stuff. And they don't need to. Like for what reason? Right. Like yeah. you got sixty billion dollars, you need another. Like for what? That's crazy. But, you know, like, and that's the thing, like, we are not talking about, like, why she's been there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't her first trip to Russia. Like, this is, it's, and that's what makes it, like, so crazy to me is that I'm like, seriously? I mean, there was a great, there was a piece of of information I saw where she plays for the same team that Sue Bird had played for. And they talked about, Sue Bird talked about how um, that she really, she really had this tremendous ima- admiration for the owner because he, like, they lavished money on them. They first class everything, a first class operation. And yeah. really, what was what was implicit in that was that the shade that you know, because Sue Bird was like, you know, this WNBA wasn't a first class operation, right? No. Like, you know, right. like, and I think that that's an interesting dynamic. Not only were they getting paid what their value was on this right. international market, but they were also being treated as elite professionals. And so this right. is, so we had the Brittany Griner thing, uh, uh, you know, the incident, but at the same time, the week before we had two WNBA team owners, you know, fined <laughs> for yeah. flying their, their players on charter flights while other people were riding, you know, uh, regular transportation, right. Flying in regular, I guess, coach, I guess it is. Um, and it's crazy. And, it and, is. And that's why they were, but that gets to your point about why they were in Russia in the first place, right? It's mm-hmm. because these elite top tier women basketball players recognize that the money to be made mm-hmm. overseas trumps America. They just like the supplement. Yeah. America is the supplement. Right. <laughs> right. right. Like it's not, it's not the other way around. The other way around. Yeah. So and it's like Brittany Griner is a name that like we've we've known since you know she was breaking all those records as a women's basketball player at Baylor. Like we've mm-hmm. known Brittany Griner. Oh, I and saw her so, ducking on TV in high school. Yeah. Man, yes. yes. Just a phenomenal athlete. And I'm just like appalled by the situation, but not surprised. And but, like you said, yeah, it's like that's how I was. I was able to make those connections and like to that and the UCLA situation, like there's just been so much that is all just tied together in these really horrific ways that are all going to show up in my book. And the next one after that. Yeah. Keep plugging. When that book comes out, you got to come on too, by the way. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. And we're, fir- we're first, we're first. I, I don't yeah. want, I, no. 
Uh, no, no, we're we're first. Like we, there's <laughs> other out there, but but let us be first. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Uh, I I want for our listeners to because this has been a, a few months, and 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 like as you noted, like mm-hmm. the influx of news about black women athletes has come fast and furious, especially in the last probably two, three weeks or so. Mm-hmm. But can you back up and talk a little bit about your earlier piece about the UCLA? women's gymnastics team because i think some of our listeners may not know and as you know like if 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 you don't get the la times to be perfectly honest you may have not even gotten that story in the first place yeah and it's like so i follow women's gymnastics like that is of all the sports that's the sport that i love the most like hands down and you know, I just, I, there was so much happening around UCLA that I actually wrote, I had to write two pieces about it because there just wasn't enough space in the one. So they had at the women's level, a ex player who was making, you know, racist remarks. And when the athletes went to the administration, they were kind of, you know, dismissed at first and they weren't getting responses. So they took to Twitter to be like, hey, are you going to respond to that email that we like sent three months ago and like talk about stuff? And then like there was radio silence from the administration. And then like a week later, they dropped this like, oh, we've been in conversation for this amount of time. And I'm like, but they just asked you if you was going to respond to that email. So like something is fishy here. And then it comes out that like this woman who was this young woman who was making these racist remarks, like went to the administration and said something about around like harming herself if she were to have to face repercussions. And so suddenly it was like, if this person hurts themselves, it's your fault for being upset about the racism. Like how dare you be upset about racism (laughs) when this, when this young woman is, you know, gonna hurt herself over it like and it's like excuse me Mm. and then they were talking about DEI initiatives but you couldn't it wasn't really clear exactly how they were doing it and if it wasn't for like you know Amanda Seals and her podcast like I don't think yeah that even I would have known as much as I did and been able to like look at it in the through this like critical lens of like well this is what happens to black women in sports right we get harassed and somehow it's our fault and yes if we say something like we're the bad person because we're angry like it's a it's like we have to police our tone in every situation because suddenly we become the angry black woman in the room and no one can hear us over our like black womanhood mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Like it's it puts a din in people's ears. Like our presence, our physical presence, like puts a din in people's ears, and they cannot hear us. But if I were a black man with a platform, for instance, and I'm not gonna say any names, I could just talk a little slowly and move my hands a lot and talk about things that I really don't understand or know about. Like I believe you're talking about somebody on Fox sports. (laughs) And, but you know, it's like, everyone will believe me because, you know, I got a phallus in this society. Right. And it's just like, Oh my God, I can't even, it's too much. It's too much for myself. (laughs) And that's why I'm writing a book. I, I, I would, I will say, that was a heck of an impression, by the way. I just want to yeah. let you. I, I want. I want to let you know that <laughs> if this academic thing don't work out, 
man. Yeah. We gonna send you to Saturday Night Live. To it pull is. This it one is. What's the <laughs> sports? Right? H O Aiko. Is that how you say it? I just yeah, it's too much. Uh, he's a lot. Yeah. He's a lot. He's a lot. It's a lot. I, I know. I thought that was really interesting in this, and I think this is. It's funny because I think what this UCLA case, and I think for folks who are not on college campuses and not right. really like not attuned to the kind of uh, you know the wavelength that is happening on college campuses, there is so much attention being yes. paid to mental health and 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 harm, right? Self harm right. in, in various kinds of ways, right? Uh, but only if you look a certain way. Well, yes, and this is the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that one of the things that 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 this case, this woman's, you know, claim, and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not here to judge one way or the other, no. but like I think the claim is 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 able to merge into this broader kind of university in house discussion right. about, so especially coming out of COVID, especially all the students who complained about being isolated on Zoom, et cetera. Like there was a lot of that discussion um, uh, everywhere, and so it, what's interesting is your point is. But that racism discussion, which was a discussion in 2020, right? right and and right. every, you know, every year, right. but especially in 2020, mm-hmm. somehow that that gets pushed to the side as it because it's not seen for some reason, it's not seen as harmful, right? Like, I think right. that there's, right. there's a like a, a analysis there. And that's and, what kills me, like that Florida bill about like harming students who have to learn that their ancestors were slaveholders, but we don't care about the feelings of the people whose ancestors were enslaved. Like right, right. every year in my white co- in my white K through 12 classes, we talked about slavery and it would get real quiet and the teacher would look at me and it would be real awkward, but nobody <laughs> wasn't there for my feelings. No one was no, there. No yeah. one cared. Yeah. Well, I, I had this thing. I told my students the other day, I said, we are at the point now with these bills. We have segued to something else, but I said, we are at the point now <laughs> Where we as historians, as the, us and scholars, we just have to start playing petty, right? Yeah. Uh, and I saw on Twitter. Did you see this, t- Lou? Where they showed uh, it was a one sister who was integrating some school. I, f- I don't even know where it was, and they had all these high school students behind her, you know, make making all these faces. Oh yes, her, yes. Right? And, and someone pulled up the school yearbook, and I was like. See, uh, that's my kind of petty because now, that's right. like, that's because right. now you can look at this. Now we know names. Now right. we know, yeah, yeah, we can start matching faces to names. Yeah. Right. And then the way that, you know, the way the internet's work, I can find, you can find <laughs> anybody there on Al Gore's internet, right? Like, and, uh, and, and then you talk about you'd have to atone. So now you, mm-hmm. now I get to put a microphone in your face, not to talk about no general racism in the mm-hmm. past. Like, how do you feel about the actions you took when 1964, when you were yelling at X, Y, or Z, right? Like, right. You know, right. like right. I think that kind of conversation, we have that conversation when it's redemptive, right? Remember when mm-hmm. Oprah had the, that, the white woman who was yelling at the sister and they were talking about their friends now. And there was this very redemptive, very Oprah-esque moment. That about little her. rock one, yeah. <laughs> the little rock one, right? But, oh but I'm like, I'm like, well, okay, that's fine. But let's talk about all the other ones. Right. 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 And I think that that's a real interesting kind of question because I think, you know, I think that this has happened a little bit, even uh, even though your man doesn't really want to do this, is that when we do that ancestry and we look at the finding our roots, right? right. Skip Gates. Like sometimes mm-hmm. he'd be pulling out some skeletons and them finding our, our right. roots. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I know they'd be editing it down to make people feel a little bit better about what happened. 
But I think there's a real lot of questions that we can, as scholars, that we just talk about the general in part because it's a lot of work to talk about. We don't really, the specifics don't really matter that much beyond the experience. But since you feel so beleaguered by the general, then we could just get specific. <laughs> right. I, and I thought that's just the way, I, I think that that, you know, I'm about to start training students to be specific. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Like, Love it. But because I think their point is is there, right? And I think that yeah. this is what you're doing with these black women gymnasts is like you're 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 taking these very specific cases mm-hmm. and you're and you're drawing these, I think, appropriate and and deep and well thoughtful, thoughtful connections. Thank you. Um, and showing us how all these things are being interrelated. And this is why your book is gonna be must reading for our, our classes. But I think I it's hope. also I think what you're doing in the public realm, mm-hmm. which is which is amazing for these young scholars like yourself who are coming out with, you know, hitting us on hitting us over the head with the strong <laughs> academic work with the peer reviewed journals, but also hitting us over the head uh, on the Twitter games and in uh, these public forums. And I think that's an important kind of piece of, of work, right. That Lou has done uh, mm-hmm. way better than I have. And you have, and then I think the generation <laughs> behind us, Lou be making us look bad. They just, they laugh yeah. at us. That like, like I'm you still, said, yeah, I'm, on, whoa, whoa, I'm on TikTok. So, we're going to edit that out. Before we get out of here, I have turkey. No, I'm just <laughs> Come on, brother. You <laughs> need to get up uh, on that TikTok, you jive turkey. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Oh All my right. goodness! Did I just ruin everything? All right, are we good? We're good. We're good. Yeah, uh, Dr. Brad, what's what you what's next? What what do you see happening? What do you foresee? So, like one of the things that we do well as scholars is we react mm-hmm. and we contextualize. But one of the things that I think that um, the public often wants to know is where do we you know where do we go from here? Right? What is mm-hmm. the next steps for something like Britney? I mean, we you know the the Venus and Serena thing is is whatever. But what do you see on the in the on the horizon? for something about, you know, Brittany Griner and her experience mm-hmm. in particular? I mean, I just hope that one, we get her back safely and that when we do, she has the, the space and the time, like after it's settled to be able to speak out about it and that we're actually going to listen mm-hmm. and pay attention because there is something really like insidious about this whole situation and if we ignore it like this will keep happening yeah and it will be like oh i didn't see this and it's like well the writing has been on the wall for a long time like i don't know how you didn't see it like it's it's right there just like read it mm-hmm. but they're like i mean there's just something about you know black women that makes everything like invisible. Like that's why we have say her name, right? Yeah, because the names that were being left out were those of black women and girls, and you know just not receiving the attention for facing similar sa- state sanctioned violence and violence in like sexualized ways that you know have been products of you know colonialism the middle passage and plantation slavery, because it's all connected. And even though I'm not a historian, like I understand how history shapes our present. And as a sociologist, I think that that's one of the things that I try 
to make clear in all of the work that I do, whether it's in a journal or for first in pen, which I'm grateful to, you know, Yusuf Khan for the, for the platform. And I just hope that like people really read it and digest it and not just take like sound bites and be like, oh, she's coming at this person and that person from this like privileged position. And it's like, firstly, no. Secondly, like if you actually read and digested everything I said, you would understand the context that I'm coming from. And I mean, like I'm I'm excited about people like, you know, um, Dr. Amir Rose Davis, who's doing fantastic work around, you know, gymnastics and, you know, race and sports from a history perspective. And but I feel like, you know, the names of women that are in, you know, sports scholarship or basically those of us who were not, you know, male or white, we don't y'all don't hear about us until you do. And so I'm grateful to you too also for like giving me this space and this platform because at least I know someone's listening. Yes, all all uh, <laughs> 50 million listeners of yes. the Black Athlete podcast, yeah, yeah. That, you know, we just projecting here. Um yeah, no. <laughs> no, we are grateful to have you. I mean, I think we talked to you la- about this time last year, I think, mm-hmm. right? Um and you know, uh, it's been good. And I think that one of the things that uh, this discussion happens in academia quite regularly, you know, like what's what's social, I did a class, a grad class talking about social media. And I was like, you know, one of the things that social media allows for you to do is to figure out who, who, who should be in your tribe, right? Because you don't know everyone. Um, And this is Lou and I connected initially through social media, through Twitter, right? And so, Mm Uh, and so we saw you on Twitter. We like, oh yeah, okay. This is like, you know. And so we've been yeah. really trying to, in this little limited platform, uh, this labor of love that we do, is to mm-hmm. not only put you know folks on that you know who regularly are in our circle, but to also make sure that we extend our circle and, right. and provide a platform and a space for for younger scholars and and scholars who are doing you know new and innovative things. Uh, and you know, we're just happy that you guys keep us on our toes, man. Cause we can't get, we can't put out 900 words before an event happens. We ain't, I'm Listen. not that talented. Wow. Like, During the Olympics, I was up at 4am watching the gymnast so I could write my papers. Be like, oh. Listen, I know that happened like 30 minutes ago at like four, but here's this piece. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah no, I was like, uh, <laughs> Did the Olympics happen? That's what. Uh, yeah. I, I'm <laughs> like, I, I need time. I need like, give me like a two week run up time to get these words out. I, I, I ain't gonna say I owe something from like two months ago. So this is where I'm at. Like, this is, but <laughs> wow. it's it's history. So it's pa- it's in the past. It's in the past. Yeah. it yeah, ain't going it nowhere. Much. They don't work. It ain't going That's nowhere. Right. No, no. So I want to say, uh, Lou, you got any last last things? No, no, no. We should have had her on in the summer to talk to Shakira Richardson, but it's too late. Oh, now. man. Yeah, it's so. in my book. Oh, it's in the book. That's <laughs> yeah, right. It's in the book. There we go, then. We'll save it for the book. You'll no, I'm, good. I'm just, I'm just uh, thankful that, that you said yes on such a short notice. Um, and it was, it was something, you know, you're really good at what you do. Um, Thank so you. We'll have, like I said, we wanted to have you on in January, but this just worked out perfectly because we could we could do you know all this stuff and, and mm-hmm. you know boom um but we'll we'll have you back on obviously before the book but again <laughs> when the book drops we're first we are first in line to talk about it so, yeah so, talk. we gotta I'm do this 
you know, yeah. tell me send up something. We'll do a book day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. 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 We'll, tell we'll, you tell you got a great we'll, team there. Tell them. I do. Tell them. I do. Tell them <laughs> you had 50 million listeners of the Black Athlete Podcast. <laughs> this, this must be there. This must. Right. <laughs> All right. oh, well, again, congratulations on everything on, on Cincinnati you. on the book. This is this is this is why we. This is wonderful. You know, a young scholar just just coming up like that. That's awesome. So yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you. And with that, we are out yeah. of here. Well, peace, peace. <laughs>